0: With your hosts, John Jowski, Pat Powers, Chris Cowan, and Greg Wolf. This is the X Step Podcast.
1: Greg, are we um, we just we're doing the cold open.
0: Yeah, we're hot, bud. All right,
1: we are hot. We're hot. John, you got out. You got out today, how about you? It's the first time I've played in probably two months, and it's why. Why is that? Why? Why haven't you played? Well, we had a little one join the family. A second little one joined the family a month ago. It's crazy to think Mm. that she's already a month old. But yeah, my daughter was born a month ago, Avery Marie, and uh, it's it's been. Muy difficult, difficile even (laughs) to to get out and uh, and do anything. And we've also uh, they put a stat on the weather the other day that it's it's been snowing all but five days of February, and it's been the snowiest February in the last ten years. So in Buffalo, in in Buffalo, yeah. So it's wow it hasn't has been subprime conditions between that and the newborn lack of sleep and all that good stuff um it's it's been impossible so but yeah I was able to get out today played a couple holes um at Evangola State Park which is it was a lake but it, you know some disc golf is better than no disc golf so John Yeah and
2: you had way more important stuff going on buddy so that's all good but
0: So John For sure
1: what's up Greg Um are you a
0: ribbon disc
1: golfer? no. Um, I would if I played in those conditions, but I try to make it a point not to play in those conditions.
0: Okay. For the audience, could you please describe what the theory is of ribbon disc golf?
1: Sure. So when you live in the Northeast or in any snowy area, um, one of the schools of thought is if you're going to play in the the winter weather, you want to use something to track your disc. There's generally two schools of thought with that, and that is the ribbon, which is where you take like a piece of gift wrap ribbon, and you take like a six-foot piece, you curl it up underneath the disc, you tape it to the bottom of the disc, you throw the disc. As you throw it, the, the streamer comes out behind it, disc goes into the snow, while you have a tail sticking out so you can find the disc, so it doesn't just knife into the snow and you can't find it. You can also use carpenter chalk um, and put that on the back of the disc and throw it, and it leaves like a puff of whatever color chalk you're using in the snow. That's another strategy that. people yeah. use. But I, I saw personally
2: connected. Actually,
1: yeah. If you're if 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 it's puffy, you know, fluffy snow, I'm I'm not I'm not playing in that. Um, you know, so today I'll tell it
2: you, was like, I uh I almost lost my sheriff at least six or seven times.
1: Your and brand like, new one.
2: It's because of this the speed is so high that the edge is so sharp, it just it slices underneath even the littlest bit of snow and it's like, You
0: gotta look for me now. Sorry. That's what's tough about yeah. the powder. I mean Yeah, if branded. you throw like a
2: putter, it's like gonna bounce off basically. Like it doesn't really bury, but like the high speed discs are like a javelin. It just mm-hmm. sticks in like a
1: burrows. Greg Greg, do you play in the powder? Like are you playing if it's powdery snow?
0: No, no, not. uh, (laughs) Well, I'll play in the powder more than I'll play on ice. There's nothing worse than that. Yeah. If I'm afraid that I'm going to twist and then not feel good in the morning now that I'm an old man, you know, it's just, I don't feel like I'm playing my best golf. Yeah. Just
3: doesn't. There's no reason to risk it. There's
1: There's absolutely no reason to risk
2: it. And like beef it?
1: Yeah, no. Mm -hmm. I remember you, I was... What
3: do you think? I, I hate playing in the winter. Uh, when, <laughs> the, the last two times that uh, I went to Crandall Park, I slipped at least twice and went down on my ass once. Uh, I yeah, can't yeah. remember which hole it was, but there's just... It, the T-pad is literally just like a U-shaped dip with a root in it still. And I didn't Oof. see the root. So I twisted into the root and went down pretty
0: hard
2: uh and you're like but... all gas no breaks. so like you're just gonna <laughs> yeah
0: it. fantastic yeah. youtube channel by the way check it out
2: all gas no breaks. <laughs> oh yeah robert sala
3: yeah i can't wait until spring thaws this stuff out so i can get yeah, man to business dude i'm exactly starting the to show way. some grass not here you like, love it blatnik
2: blatnik like i played that early last week and we drove by there today, and there's, like, grass all over the place. And I'm like,
1: oh, baby, I'm going to get out there tomorrow. Blatnick is in Schenectady, New York, for those of you not
2: yeah. in the area. Niskayuna, if to be specific. But, yeah. ugh, super cool. Good and deal. It, it's hard, dude. That's a hard course.
1: Has anybody biffed it this year? Has anybody slipped on the tee playing?
2: I've, I slipped on a fairway because I was at on the back nine. Well, the middle nine, I guess, at Jay Park. And you know that one that you thought that I took the picture of where the big valley,
1: the the big downhill on
2: the back in the woods? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was like on an upslope off my drive and I was throwing up, maybe it was like 125 feet to the hole. And I was like, had one foot up on the hill and one foot down and I threw like a forehand, my right foot slipped. And then like that hill is not a hill. It's just like a pile of stones. And I like, Came down on my left knee, like right into a big rock, and I limped around for a couple of days after that. That didn't feel great, but <laughs> parked it next to the basket, so it didn't matter. <laughs>
1: That's good. Made, I haven't been the, out
2: enough. Made the, the three.
0: Pat's out almost every day. Like he's it's all awesome. down almost every day. It's like I, I, you're a brave soul, sir. Yeah. Yep. I mean, the
2: weather's been beautiful here, and you know, it was like 50 degrees on Wednesday, oh, so I played. Geez. Yeah. I'm so yeah. jealous. And of then that. the next two days were, Yeah. <laughs> Dude, Capital was like, area I was rec high. division, you
1: better watch out.
2: Hmm. That's right, man. Come on, I'm going to start playing those doubles on Tuesdays at Jay Park.
1: But Pat, so, so you have to any... use that as a Do you have a any... I wanna use that as a segue real quick, Greg. Hang on. Okay. So Pat, you said you're gonna go out and play doubles. That is if I can yeah. make a recommendation, I'm gonna put my coaching hat on for a second. Well I know it's not coach's corner, but One thing as a recommendation that I could make to any newer player or anybody looking to get into, you know, dipping their toes into competitive disc golf, find your local club and go play in their weekly double event. It's one of the best ways to learn courses in the area, meet new people, and to get better at disc golf and try to get comfortable in that competitive scene in a super casual environment. Um, So that's a, I highly, highly, highly recommend Going to play in doubles. Not to mention, in my opinion, doubles is the best format in disc golf. But that's neither here nor there. So, sorry, Greg. Go ahead. it's all good.
0: I had a question for you and Pat, everybody. Uh, what is your strategy when you do go out? You're playing winter golf, and it's really slick. Like I've, I've tried to put like micro spikes on my lead foot. Mm.
1: I've never done anything like that. I usually just disk down and play safe and become Nate Safeton and try to mm. try to play like <laughs> yeah. super duper duper safe. Like if that means just putting a putter down down the fairway six times, that's what I'm doing.
2: Correct. Like if the tee box is slick, I I'm going to throw the disc so that I know that I can get the longest straight line from a standstill, throw and just do a full twist and try to torque it out there as far as I can. But you know, those 12, 13, 14 speed discs don't come out because <laughs> it's just going to dive left and like go into oblivion and dive under some snow that no human feet have touched in since spring. So it's just going to be gone. So, <laughs> so Chris is
1: doing the 360, down. the 360 Simon drive. <laughs>
3: Dude, like, I I think that's why I hate playing in the winter so much is because I have no discretion at all. Yeah, dude. like, rain, snow, wind, doesn't matter. I'm always just going to try to smash it. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're the John so,
2: Daly of disc golf, bro.
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and because of that, I eat shit often, so. The Gary Sheffield know.
1: swinging out of your shoes.
3: That's right, baby. But it's, dude. It's worth it every time. I don't care. Have you considered How wearing? You? Have you considered <laughs> wearing knee pads? Uh, I have considered wearing knee pads. As a matter of fact, I, I have some old volleyball knee pads <laughs>
1: that I had in my drawers. Man. Let's get this man in a uh, a full goalie outfit, a full hockey goalie outfit. Like just. Wide as hell, bulky. Just,
3: but that's too restraining. I'm not gonna wear yeah. that. What's the name of Dude, that? Guys, like,
1: those guys are super agile. No way is it bulky. I mean, it's bulky, but it's not like it's not restrictive. Those guys are yeah, like, super kid. agile.
3: I'm not gonna be able to get the rotation that I need, John. <laughs> and you, you know it. You boys are from the '90s, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. Man,
2: what's what's, <laughs> the, what's oh,
0: the name of that like safety device that? stew pickles was coming up with for the babies oh. from rugrats oh oh my god yeah, it's like yeah, the so baby bumper
2: like... or something
0: yes yeah, i remember
2: man. exactly what you're talking about
0: oh man <laughs> that's what i imagined chris getting wrapped up in <laughs>
2: got like a hair bag on it or something yeah. <laughs> Dude, chris that's why you're gonna be my best doubles partner because like I'm gonna just poop out to the fairway and then you're just gonna throw a nuke forehand as far as you can.
3: Yep.
2: <laughs> Either you're gonna park it or just like cut a tree down and then you know, I'll be I'll be two we'll like two thirty five down the fairway and everything's yep. fine. I
0: respect <laughs>
2: that. It's gonna be good. There was a tournament today, dude, like up in Peru, uh. like up but like it was wicked icy and it was raining today. I'm like, no way that I even been fun. Like that would have been a miserable time up there. Mm-hmm. But next year, like, we got to keep it out. It's like that Veterans one by Dynamic Discs. the Yeah. The Vets for Veterans or whatever. Yeah, man. So we'll, we'll have to check it out next year.
1: Their match play event is, you know, this is a complete sidebar, but Dynamic Discs match play event is super, super cool. Like, there was a, a local guy around here. I want to say it was Matt Hess. Um, he... Qualified for the the national side of that, but that if you guys get a chance to play that, that's awesome. It's very cool.
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure.
3: Well, I think it's time uh, time to move on here. So uh, let's kick it right into uh, what is perhaps your guys's favorite disc brand and why. And we're not starting with John because I already know the answer. So let's we'll start with Pat because I feel like that's going to be a more interesting answer. <laughs> sure, sure.
2: Um, so my answer is kind of a complex. I, I, I kind of cut my teeth on, on Innova because I had like a beat up leopard and like a Valkyrie. And when I was like complete poodoo at disc golf and then disc golf, our disc craft discs changed that for me, like gave me options that, that were really good, like the comet and when I learned to throw overhand the flick like changed everything f- another step forward. Um, and I'd say probably like the most discs that I have are from Discraft. So, but I've been sort of falling for dynamic discs lately. I love their Fusion Plastic. I love their Classic Blonde Plastic. And my Putter and sort of my straight mid-range right now are dynamic discs and my longest discs are dynamic discs. So it's transitioning to dynamic right now like i just think they it's kind of uh i like the community of the of the brand too i like the videos they put out the explanations of how the discs are used and and they seem super chill and i don't know it's just it kind of speaks to me that's that's why your I'm, favorite I'm, I'm gravitating towards yeah chris clemens your, man and i like his 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 stamp is super sweet the, the clemenade like just juicy, like not to be punny, but it is super nice.
1: <laughs> and he's
2: Chris, a lefty. What's your I'm favorite? a lefty too. I play. Yeah, Chris, what's your favorite?
3: Uh I'm kind of all over the place, but uh, it. I don't know, man. Because, like, for drivers, uh, I always love nukes, uh, which is discraft. But for putters, I. Love West Side for whatever reason. I just throw them better than any other putter that I've ever tried. But uh, overall, mm, it's a tough one. I would probably, I'll probably say Discraft just because I have more Discraft discs than anything. But uh, I want to get some more uh, West Side discs and try them all out and see see what happens. I mean, I'm never getting rid of my nukes, but. <laughs> Wanna try out some different plastic. See if I can change my mind.
1: Get your Nico LaCastro you on.
3: on. Yeah, dude. I love that guy. He's amazing. <laughs> like just his his style is kind of, you know, mine as well. He just throws big flex shots all the time and I really admire that. He's so impressive. And uh I I watched this this one interview that he had because I guess there was some internet trolls giving him grief online one day and he's like, Yeah, well pretty much the bottom line is I'm out here playing disc golf professionally and you guys are sitting there smashing your heads off of your keyboard, so I don't care say what you want, I'm better than you. <laughs> it's really funny. Damn straight. But uh right. Greg, Let's how about you, buddy? Is. I'm gonna be difficult. We... I'm gonna say Oh okay. The idea of a
0: favorite brand is just it's moot. Who cares? Because I just like to find molds that I like to throw. But yeah. I'm not going to be that kind of person. Uh, favorite brand <laughs> is going to be in Innova. Nice. Ooh. I could see that. Nice, nice. Of course. I mean, I got the pig. Then we got the birds. We got the Thunderbird, Firebird. Mm-hmm. Those are always Classics. in my bag. Mm-hmm. Yep. We got the Rock 3, which I had in my bag Almost up until this past fall, I think.
1: Oh, you took it out? I took it out. I took it out.
0: I just needed more space because I ended up getting more destroyers. (laughs) Uh,
1: So, you
0: know, you guys know my relationship with that disc. Um, It will be my distance driver probably to the end of the day. Unless you can show me a a better driver, then, yeah.
1: How many of your destroyers are sitting at the bottom of a pond at Maple Hill? (laughs) At Maple Hill?
0: At least one. I only think one. I only think one. Oh, okay. There would have been two, but like I said last time, there was ice. So I could retrieve it.
2: (laughs) That's fair. It would have been two. Yes, Yes. that's right. Let full full sprawl to get that one.
0: Um, But yeah, I I mean, I like... Streamline. If I'm going to say like a non-top four streamlines, my their
1: stuff feels so good. It's so nice, so good.
0: I love the like their
1: plastic just feels excellent. Oh my Mm -hmm. god,
0: that that runway, bro. Yep, I like to call it the runway. If anyone has a chance to throw the runway, it's like a gentle meat hook, but you can also just (laughs) put a ton of power on it, and it loves to fight headwinds. It's a nice straight with a a really reliable fade. Oh yeah, it's a flat chunk. as hell. Yeah, it's it's fun. It's yeah, really it great for
1: forehands. hands. Flat
2: and like chunky yeah. on the bottom. It's kind of a cool combo of of yeah. aesthetics.
1: Yeah, it's like a longer zone. I really like it. That's right, buddy. All right, John.
3: Last, Last but not least.
1: <laughs> well, answer for him. My, my friends and those those around that uh, have played any amount of disc golf with me. Will know that I'm a huge discraft stan because I never shut up about it. Um, But discraft for me, when I first started playing in like 2008 2009, um, Nate Doss was the king of the world. He's my favorite pro. He's been my favorite pro since day one. Um, And I, like I said, you know, in previous episode, I, I talked about the buzz. The buzz was an absolute game changer for me. So to couple that with you know seeing. Nate Doss throwing Predators and forces and buzzes all over the place, you know, and his challenger, my friend and I, um, my friend Josh Lancaster who was my roommate in college. Um, you know, Josh was a huge challenger guy, got me into challengers. So from day one, most of what I was throwing and what I was, you know, people around me were throwing was discraft. The people I was watching um, in YouTube's infancy was, was Discraft. Um, for me, the aesthetic of the old school ESP Discraft stamp, where it's the circle with the bar Discraft stamp in the middle, is just, it's so simple. It's a thing of beauty. It's, I, I wish that would come back and I wish they would do more of that. Um, but I, I love the buzz and all of its variants in Discraft. Um, I think they've come a long way. Greg, you were talking about the birds for Innova, and I don't—I th- genuinely don't think anybody will ever touch the fairway lineup from Innova. I think they have, you know, their their fairway lineup. I think is their bread and butter. That and then having the flagship destroyer are just you know the top two things about Innova. But I do think when Paul came over, when Paul Macbeth left Innova and came over to Discraft. You know, he started his line through Discraft, which essentially, you know, the Zeus is essentially a clone of the Destroyer. You know, the Onyx is very similar to the Thunderbird. Yuli came back from Prodigy, and, you know, he brought the Raptor. The Raptor is very similar to the Firebird. So there's... The the, the fairway lineup has, has really, you know, kind of taken off. I do think that the, the, the one spot that I think lacks, and I know Pat, you might come at me with a little bit of hate here, you mm-hmm. know, but that seven speed driver for discraft That's the one hole I think they have is they don't have a T-Bird really? like disc. They have the stalker, but the stalker does not glide anywhere near as, as much as the T-Bird does in my opinion. Um, I think the T-Bird is like the, the King of that seven speed area. And that's one hole I think Discraft has. But other than that, I love everything about Discraft. I I personally, I love the the Undertaker is my fairway driver of choice. So, you know, but like I said, I could rant about Discraft all day long. It's I'm I'm a huge, huge (laughs) (laughs) stan. But at this point, I'm sure I'm sure I'm probably over my allotted time and Everybody's throwing things and leaving oh, the podcast and, and, and whatnot. So Yes, everybody has oh,
0: left. Now I have free reign to speak and tell you that I think the eagle is the superior in of a seven
3: speed.
1: My okay. God. Can you elaborate, please?
0: Oh. Yeah,
3: because Steve Bird's are pretty dope. Um, Convince uh, me.
0: I've had a star beat up eagle and a champion eagle in my bag since I began playing disc golf um Mm. it has just been and oh the reason being is because they come they came in such a bright yellow that when i was bad i could find it easily and that was (laughs) that (laughs) was very helpful so then i just learned how to throw the eagle which what's the
1: the difference what's the difference between an eagle and a t-bird because i've thrown a t-bird but not nearly as much like i said from day one i was trying to throw mostly discraft so i stayed away from a lot of that but I have thrown an Eagle maybe once or twice, and I've thrown a T-Bird a couple of times. But what's the difference? I've never really noticed, like, is the the, the Eagle, I think, might be one point more stable, like, on the flight numbers. But I've never really noticed that difference in, in the flight. Do so you notice any has big a difference? Bit,
0: it has a bit more turn on it. So I, I feel like I can get it to flip a
1: little bit more than the T-Bird. So you're saying the that- the eagle is more understable than than the t bird
0: least i find it is with my star at the point of wear that i have with my star eagle it's pretty flippy and but if we're talking about my champion eagle that probably mm-hmm. is significantly more stable than if i were just to grab a t bird right off like, the shelf
1: if you went in if you went into a shop and you went in and you bought um a brand new Star Eagle and a brand new Star T Bird. What's the what's going to be the difference?
0: I think you're going to Is get it, a straighter shot with the T Bird, and with the Eagle, you're going to be able to get a little bit more of a um, a fade at the end. A, f- a fade at the end, but also if you need an early turn, you can get that.
1: Oh, okay, so it it does turn a little bit more. It in does the it turn
0: a little bit more. I think, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Interesting, because you know, I know it's a straight you know, shot it,
0: versus a little bit more of a. A fairway driver that I think you can mold shots better with, at least from my experience.
1: Interesting. That would be a nice exercise sometimes for us to, you know, go through and do that, like those super close matchups, and you know, maybe we do something like that where we'll pit one one disc against another. That might be foreshadowing. Hmm. <laughs> let's
0: let's talk about the plastics though. Like I didn't even discuss why I thought the plastic varieties of Innova was the best one right we have dx okay. which is the cheapest plastic i think almost out there if you're looking I just for a shallow entry into I, the sport i think
1: pat might have i think dd actually has the cheapest baseline really i i was looking i think their prime i think their prime plastic is like a dollar or two cheaper whoa okay and it's I, so I nice it's, i love I saw
2: the prime plastic the prime it's a winter, is like, like monster
1: it's so mm. grippy. The prime judge, I noticed, like I was, yeah. I think it was on Infinite or OT. I think it was on OTB. I was looking on OTB and for um, for Discraft stuff like for the 99. ledge, the Ledgestone drop, and it was like, I think it was like, no, I think it was like six dollars. I think it was like five ninety nine for a judge.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, for the for like the yeah you know, the putters and stuff. They mm-hmm. and it's like it doesn't feel cheap. It feels super durable, even though it's gonna beat, which you kind of want it to, anyways. But, like, I got that um, – man, what the heck did I get in that? Not the suspect. Anyways, it's, like, the grip is unfathomable. It's, like, it's it was soaking wet, like, from being in slush. And I picked it up, and it was, like, grip city. Like, it was a beautiful thing. It's, like, a perfect winter plastic. It's, like, rubbery, just like the cheaper stuff, but it doesn't feel the same, like, where it, it feels like it's going to –
0: did we lose him?
1: think he potatoed. Uh-oh. Okay, Uh-oh. we got a potato.
0: Anyways, okay, to, I guess, keep the conversation going for the time, let's move on from the financial advantage because it was just dismantled, the argument. But <laughs> the impact on flight, I feel, is great with Innova Plastics. Like Champion, I think you can generally assume is going to be the most stable version of that mold and then g star is super grippy especially i love it in the cold weather that we have currently but it's also Mm -hmm. the flippiest and makes it a and you can get like it's almost like musical notes you can get a flat or a sharp version of a mold that you like
1: i yeah i do like that and the one thing i will say i've noticed about innova is that their plastic seems to wear like it wears evenly by plastic. So, like the champion plastic wears evenly, you know, from mold to mold. The star plastic will mold, will wear evenly from mold to mold, but it will wear quicker than like champion plastic. So, a star destroyer will beat in quicker than a, you know, than a champion destroyer, but it's going to beat in at the same speed as a star eagle as to a champion Eagle, some same, same type of deal where that star plastic is going to beat in. And a lot of people, I know like the West coast, a big, a big theory for discs is to layer them in your bag. So like Greg, you were saying you had a lot of different destroyers. I'm sure most of those destroyers don't do the same thing. I'm sure they have a purpose where you have one that's the most overstable, the one that's the least overstable, and then everything in between. And that's the nice thing about Innova is I think that's their strong suit is that they layer so well, is that, you know, that they you're able to pick one up off the shelf, know that it's going to be the most overstable one you have in your bag and you can cycle them through.
0: And that's a great lesson for all you listeners out there is if you find a disc that you love, you keep that disc. And if it gets to a point where you're finding like it's not behaving the way it used to, just get another one. And then you'll have two, and the benefit is, it's going to feel like the same disc in your hand. You're going to have that nice grip, because for me, like if I can get a good feel in the hand, that's super important. Which is why we're doing this whole all these copies of the same discs. I know how to throw it, feels good in the hand, but I want to have different levels of wear, so I can use the same disc in multiple different scenarios and some will work better in given scenarios. Now, mm-hmm. Coach, you may know exactly yes. why that is. I think I kind of know, but you're probably a little bit more articulate than I. Why is that?
1: With why Why do we want to layer them, or why do they beat in? What do you...
0: Kind of both. Um, I was sort of asking more along the lines of why is it that if I have a, a disc in my bag and it hits trees, it starts flying differently?
1: So I'm a phys ed teacher. I'm not a, a physicist by, by oh. Any means. <laughs> oh, dang. I always <laughs> but, get confused. <laughs> um, starts with the same levels. You know, <laughs> a, it does. It does. I'm a physeticist. Um, so. <laughs> so <laughs> When you throw a disc and it hits trees, you know you're losing a little bit of the shape of the rim. And generally, the cheaper the plastic, the less it's going, the less elasticity it's going to have. So if I hit a tree with a, a more expensive plastic, with their more premium plastic, it's generally going to rebound back to its original shape quicker and more frequently than a newer, pla- than a cheaper plastic will. So if I throw a DX Wraith and I hit a tree with it it's going to be warped, it's going to be chipped, it's going to alter the flight because it's, you know, even just microscopic changes to those dimensions is going to create a different flight. And the more times you do that, the more times you're changing the flight, you know, and the greater you know difference you're going to see in that. Now, that's the same thing. That's not just Innova. Yeah, that's that's everybody. That's every disc. You know, um, every company has different stages of their plastic. That's partially for comfort and feel some people prefer a slicker plastic some people prefer a grippier plastic some people prefer uh the baseline plastic especially for putters but at the same time every disc manufacturer understands that their discs are going to wear in and they have you know like for instance like i said i like disc craft a buzz that's an esp buzz is going to beat in you know slower than a pro d buzz but it's going to beat in faster than an elite z buzz or a z plastic buzz and so you you just have to whenever you find a manufacturer you just have to understand that that's the case f- across the board it's not just innova that's every desk but yeah it's it's you know they're losing little bits of plastic they're losing the shape um and the elasticity is is wearing down as they're hitting trees pavement rocks the ground especially if they're coming in on a, a sharp spike hyzer um but you know that's definitely something. Layering is a is a very big thing. I, I personally feel the least amount of molds you can carry in your bag is going to allow you to be a better player. So you know the closer you can get to one mold for each category and just cycle them through, like you were saying, Greg. Um, I think is is the best way to do it. Um, but there are people out there who prefer to just like. I think Paul Macbeth is this way a little bit. I've heard him talk about it. Um, he'll, he'll have some beat-in discs that, you know, do certain things for him. But he also, you know, he wants to know that that disc is going to do what it does coming off the shelf. So, like, if you lose it, you don't need to worry about beating it in for another 10 years to try to get it to where you want it to be. You know, Pat, you have that that 10-year-old yellow stalker in your bag. You know, if you were to buy a stalker off the shelf, that thing is not flying like the stalker you have in your bag. You know, Greg, you said you had all those different destroyers. You know, if you were to lose your most understable destroyer and you go pick one up off the shelf, it is not flying anywhere near what that understable destroyer is going to fly. So some people prefer to just have, you know, to purchase like to keep with Innova, like a Shrike or. turn which are generally more understable than a destroyer and fit that slot so if they don't want to spend the time breaking something in they'll just purchase something equivalent that is understable off the shelf so that's another strategy you can use too um personally i like layering um and it seems like the general consensus from people i've spoken to is that they prefer layering as well but you know there are other options out there that's not the only option
0: yeah
3: makes sense well said sir all right, now we have uh, a special game, a different one that we uh, did last week. Pat, what do you call this game? Now? How do we play it?
2: So we were thinking it's gonna be called Dictionary, but with a little discussion, we decided to do it sort of reverse uh, in the in the ilk of of Jeopardy, one of my favorite trivia uh, television shows. So what we're gonna do is I made a list of nine discs that I found interesting um, and have the definition, the brand, the origin of the name. And I'm going to challenge my friends here to see if they could figure out what disc it is based on the definition. Um, And we'll have a scoring system just like golf, where if they get the the disc name right without any lifelines, they will score an eagle on that hole. If they have to ask what the origin of the word or the brand of disc it is, they will remove one stroke from that and get a birdie. If they need both to get it right, then they'll score a par. And if they don't get it right, regardless, they're going to score a bogey on the hole. So your high score will end up being Six under par if you get them all eagled. So, to uh, no further delay, we're going to start with Chris. Are you ready, my man?
3: I'm ready. Hit me.
2: Okay. So, this, and you have to answer just like Jeopardy. You have to say, what is? Okay. You got it? Okay. So, this. Oh, also, before we start. One more thing. Your first question is going to be, <laughs> your first question will be the easiest one. The second will be intermediate, and the third one is harder. Okay. I layered it like that to kind of make it more interesting. Okay, ready? i this, this is a fast-moving, venomous snake of the genus Dendroaspis, which literally means tree-asp.
3: Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> you may ask the
2: brand. You may ask the brand, or... This is the easy teach. question? <laughs> well, it was, it was not reverse. Yeah, I'm was. doomed.
3: Uh... <laughs> was,
2: well, that was going to tell you the disc name, and you told me the definition. <laughs> it would have been really easy. Oh,
3: no. Okay, so...
2: I would suggest asking the brand on this one and not the I can do that? Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah.
3: It. Uh, yeah, so hit, hit me with the lifeline, Daddy. What is the brand of disc that I'm looking the, at? The
2: brand of this disc is Innova, uh-huh. and it's a fast-moving venomous snake
3: of the uh, genus Dendroaspis,
2: which literally tree Trias. What
3: is an Innova Viper?
2: No, it is the... No! It is The Mamba. The Ooh. Mamba. so chris you're starting at plus one my friend yeah i'm sorry i should have reorganized these to to difficulty after we changed the format we are moving on c'est la vie all right greg are you prepared sir no okay (laughs) yours is short and sweet this is a violent storm
0: a tempest
2: you got it. And it a tempest.
3: Very he didn't good. answer right. Oh! He didn't no,
1: say that was a tempest. Yeah. Get him.
2: Oh, no. <laughs> Plus one. For <laughs> for Dang not it. Saying what is? No. <laughs> that's so harsh. <laughs> oh, dude. You got it, though. That's tempest, so harsh. That's, uh... <laughs> I see how we're playing, playing this, this, Chris. Games. I yeah. see how we're
0: playing this, Christopher. If
2: I'm
3: going yeah, out, I'm yeah. taking you with
2: me. So so Ma- let's oh. go back for a second. Mamba is Zulu from Pronto Bantu for from Mamba, which comes from the word for scale on a fish or a snake. Tempest is from the Latin tempest, meaning time and season.
3: Hmm.
2: All right. So let's move on. Johnny, are you set to go with yours, my friend?
1: No, absolutely not.
2: Yeah. I think this one should be... Okay. So this is... And make sure you say, what is? (laughs) This is a semi-aquatic reptile similar to the alligator, but with a heavily armored belly, native to tropical America.
1: What is the caiman?
2: The caiman is correct. The caiman is a end of a mid-range disc. Comes from the Spanish or Portuguese. From carib, (laughs) which means... Uh, I don't know what I wrote there. Greg But assaulted. yes, you're right. <laughs> Cayman. Eagle, baby. Yeah, baby. Nice job. Nice job. So, Johnny, you're minus two. The other two are plus one. But there's plenty of golf left. Put those smiles on, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Chris, this is going to be way harder in reverse. I'm so sorry, Chris.
3: No, I don't even care. (laughs) Hit me. I can do this.
2: So this one, at least you get two definitions for it. Okay, you ready? Nice. Yes. Definition one, a shrubby spindle tree with purple (laughs) capsules that expel pink seeds. Or two, a large vigorous mackerel common in warm seas known as a food and sporting fish. What? Um, I'm being really heavy-handed on you. I'm sorry.
3: <laughs> oh, dude, it's fine. I deserve this. Um Yeah, you, you do. May ask. Yes, you do. What is Oh, no. <laughs> what is Oh, no? I can I can use a lifeline, but I don't want to cuz yeah. I'm already down 3. Um if
2: you ask the I know brand. i I to. Yeah, what's
3: the I'll idea. give you a
2: bonus flip uh, on top of the brand. So it's it's an Innova disc, but it is also the fastest floating Innova disc.
3: Oh, my God. I don't know enough about Innova to answer that. Whoa. Uh, what is the Novo Marlin? I have no idea. I'm just, <laughs> I just have to guess.
2: <laughs> the answer is <laughs> what is a Wahoo? Oh wow. wahoo. W- That's wahoo. a shrub. They, yeah, it's like it's oh, actually a hmm. a breed of strawberry bush too in certain parts of the country. Huh. Yep, it comes from the Dakota of Wa for arrow and who for wood. And they think that the fish got the name from people who were exploring the, the the world early on in the history of you know exploration, where the people went to Hawaii, and they were eating this fish off the island of Oahu, and they got the the pronunciation wrong. And in Hawaii, they call Oahu Ono, which means delicious. Interesting. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah.
2: Grant, uh, are you prepared for question two, sir?
0: I'm as prepared as
2: I will ever be. <laughs> All right, ready? This, remember to say what is. Thanks. This is a small, slender breed of dog bred for racing, a cross between Greyhound and a Terrier slash Spaniel.
0: I have no idea. This is
1: brutal. <laughs>
2: I, well, you it's guys want me to be a greyhound and a
1: spaniel. No, this, this is exactly I, what yes. I wanted. Can I steal? Can Can I steal it? No, no. It? Stealing. no stealing.
0: No stealing. All right, all right, all right, all right. Can, no. can, I, can I steal it? No, you
2: can, can't, can't steal it. Of <laughs> course, I, Yo, I, no, I my dogs yeah, no. better. I will neither confirm nor deny that it's Discraft.
3: <laughs> Until you officially hmm. use your lifeline. Correct. Wait, I used my lifeline? No, no, no. You
0: haven't. That's why I
3: didn't answer.
2: Yeah, I didn't give you a a definite yes or no.
0: I don't know if any dog racing that is beyond
3: greyhounds. So, this sucks. Uh, (laughs) I can literally hear John's will chipping away. Because he, he wants to point the answer out so bad, so I think he's like he's, he's
0: lining the the letter W. I think that's what I just saw.
3: That's cheating, which oh, I dude. think cheating is cheating.
1: trying, sir. Judge, you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. Okay,
3: all right. So, oh yeah, real you nice. You know coach. his character.
0: I'm gonna <laughs> need a lifeline for the brand. The brand is Innova. Of course, it is. <laughs> Your favorite brand? It it is an animal. In fact, I don't know why I even asked that. This is gonna be another plus one. Um, what is the the wolf? I guess I know that's not right. It's not right.
2: No, John, I know you want to say it. Let's go ahead.
1: The end of a Whippet.
2: The Whippet. Whip that it. is correct.
1: Jeez. Yeah. What?
2: Yep. My neighbors actually had a Whippet when I lived with my parents back in uh, the 90s. They're so fast. It was, fast. Like, well, it was a, like a little bit bigger than like a, like a Boston Terrier, but it was like super skinny like a Greyhound, and the thing ran like super fast. Uh, Whippet actually comes from 17th <laughs> century English, meaning to move briskly. And it's an end <laughs> of a fairway
0: driver. Isn't it wow. like an illegal like drug? <laughs>
2: uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a fa- yeah. family show? If it was two words, yes, whip it. <laughs> show. Off of like, it's also uh, a a with from the 80s. <laughs> That's right. Do, 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 do. Whip it. Good.
3: <laughs> All right. Damn, so after
2: two... Oh no, Johnny, you got to go year round two. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are, are you ready? Yes. This one might be a little easy, so we'll see how it goes. The Egyptian God of Death. Represented by the jackal.
3: Oh, I actually know it? This one. Can I steal? <laughs> is can that it?
1: Steal? Yeah, can I steal. That's it. An Egyptian <laughs> the god of death. <laughs> the infinite disks. Uh, Anubis.
2: That is correct. Two angels oh, oh. for John. All
0: right, I'm I'm, yes. sense, I'm sensing a little unfair. Like um, yeah, so this, is is
3: stuck, uh, this is stacked, bro. Oahu and he gets well, Anubis. What is that? If I
2: if I told you the word first. You might be better at it. That's yeah, we switched yeah. it before the podcast. Yeah, so, dude, oh,
3: I wouldn't have known what that is either. <laughs> Never heard that word before today.
2: <laughs> Anubis comes from Egyptian, obviously, which uh, means to decay. And it's like a it's a speed five, glide five, and then turn and fade of zero zero. So it's like a it's an arrow straight. Uh, Mid range looks pretty sweet, actually. All right, Chris, <laughs> you are all right, plus four. I got, four at the I got moment. this one.
3: Come on, time to go, baby. Go. All right,
2: the heavenly city or kingdom of heaven.
3: I'm sorry, Chris. Yo, that's all I get. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what is the discraft Jerusalem? I don't know, dude.
2: <laughs> Is that your final answer?
3: <laughs> yeah. I, I me mean, Like I have nothing else. I really, I really
2: don't. Well, it's got to be a disc too. Like there isn't a disc right, 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 right. that I know of.
3: Hmm. Dude, I don't know.
2: I would have chosen much easier words if I knew we were switching this around. no
3: nah, it's it's cool. It's cool. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm just going to say... Do you, do you want to go
2: for the eagle? Or I could give you the origin and it might help you.
3: Okay, yeah. At least get a bird. Lay, it, lay it on me so that I can at okay. least try to so guess. So the
2: origin of this word is Old English, taken from Greek. Taken. No. Yes, taken from Hebrew.
3: Taken from Hebrew.
2: And it means city of David.
3: Oh, man, I should know this, but I don't uh what is the Babylon
2: no that is a good guess the latitude 64 Zion oh almost
1: oh my God
2: yeah
1: I would have never gotten that one
2: the Zion well this is round three this is the hard this is the right, hard
3: one right. so oh nice so I finished with a solid plus three that's yeah <laughs> about right plus. Plus six,
2: bud. You got a plus two. Plus six, they're all double bogies. Oh, no, no, plus three, plus three. You're right. You're okay. right. You're bad
3: man. <laughs> Wow.
1: <laughs> Not double bogeys. He was about to fight you.
3: <laughs> Dude, uh, plus three, I can, I can live with.
1: Yeah. Bogeys right, off, man. Greg, Ain't nothing wrong with bogey golf. <laughs> this one,
2: this one should have been for Chris, but we'll do this. Ready? This is. Oh, it's for Greg. This is a spiked metal device used in feudal Japan, thrown on the ground to impede wheeled vehicles or cavalry horses. It is also a plant.
3: Oh, and in Japan, you, they call them Maki You clever so be you.
2: Yeah, if I asked you this, Chris, you probably know it.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Do you know it, Chris? You want me... I think I know, but it's not my question.
2: Right. Do you want me to repeat the definition? Yes, please. It is a spiked metal device used in feudal Japan thrown on the ground to impede wheeled vehicles or cavalry horses. It is also a plant. And in Japan, it is known
0: as a makibishi. Is this caltrops? Is that a is that what caltrops are? Yeah. I is that not. your so final I mean, answer? What is the caltrop?
2: Eagle for you, sir. It is a caltrop.
0: Whoa! Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. Latitude sixty four putter. Whoa. Uh, yep. And it come caltrop comes from the old English calcatrip, meaning heel to tread and trap. So basically, you hamstring somebody with these bad boys. That was a great, great Good, Good job.
0: Absolutely. Wow, I think I would have been the lead if I didn't get <laughs> well, yeah, over no, in the first one. Well, maybe you
1: play by the rules. I'm playing pulse, perfect too. right, right, right Johnny, now. Johnny.
3: Are you ready, sir? Give him a boat. Give him yeah. Johnny a boat.
2: knows way more about discs, too, so it's like super hard to I suffer. know,
3: dude. I need to do some research. <laughs> I did not know any of these names.
2: <laughs> All right. Your your final is a broad, slightly curved sword with the cutting edge on the convex side.
1: Okay. I'm trying to remember the brand. Um what is you don't, the... need to know... don't need to you don't know need the
2: brand. No, just okay. the name of the disc.
1: What is what is the cutlass? No,
2: that is incorrect, yeah. sir. The Let's give somebody answer is, to steal it and
1: make points back.
2: Oh, okay. Chris, we gotta get Chris in the pot, in the back to even,
3: at least. Oh, dude, I'm not gonna know this either. Um... A broad, slightly
2: curved sword, with the cutting edge, on the convex side.
3: Uh, what is this, Scimitar?
2: Mm, no, I'm not gonna penalize you for that, though, because you were stealing it. How about Greg for Greg. the win? For the win? I'm at Greg. minus three. He's at even. <laughs> Greg, you are muted, so I can't hear what you said.
0: Dang it. What is the machete? No, you no. are all wrong. What? Oh, the the yes. correct
2: answer is what is Latitude 64 Falchion. Oh, oh yeah!
3: Come on, man. Okay, dinosaur. I would not
1: have gotten
2: them. Yep. Yeah, it That's comes right. from the Latin right. Falks for Sickle.
1: Right. Yeah, I would yep. have I wouldn't have you could have given me a million tries and I would
2: <laughs> so that was okay. I mean I could do this again next time and and not be so uh brutal on the discs because
3: <laughs> it's reversed. No, I think <laughs> I think you should keep it just the way it is.
2: Oh, it's brutally perfect. hard.
3: Really oh, yeah, hard. Mm-hmm. The harder, awesome. the better. Because yeah, hard. I don't want I don't want to just walk out with minus six every time, dude. Make yeah. me work for the plus three.
2: None of them were supposed to be layups other than the first three, but I guess I guess Wahoo was hard. <laughs> yeah, I knew what a, I knew what a Wahoo was. Maybe that's why I thought it was easy. Yeah, I
3: knew uh, I was in trouble <laughs> when. Like, you were talking about a strawberry plant or something like that. Was...
2: But, like, if I asked you what a Mamba was, you would know what that was.
3: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Right. And if I asked Greg what a Tempest was, he would have known what that was. I knew what a Tempest was. What
0: are you talking about?
3: Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, like Semantics I'm saying lost
2: first, me this day. <laughs> the first round would have been easy for everybody is what I'm saying.
0: Yeah. Dang it. Dang it. Dang it. All uh, right. So what is that, Johnny? That is, Johnny had, that
2: really uh, yeah, Johnny came out plus two. No, plus
1: no minus three.
2: Minus minus th- yeah minus three. Yeah. So he came out on top. That was that was okay. great. I'm glad. I'm glad that worked out.
1: And I'll yeah. have I'll
2: have a, a few more for you next time, Ron. Maybe not next show, but that was fun. Absolutely. And we got
3: to learn the names of some discs that we'll probably never throw. Yeah, <laughs> I kind of want to get my hands on a Zion now, though. That sounds... That just sounds... Yeah, cool. dude, the Zion. Latitude? Yeah, yeah, Latitude 64.
2: It's a control driver, speed 9, glide 4, turn of minus 0.5, and a fade of 3. So it seems like cool. huh. sort of in that range of, like, an Undertaker. Yeah. Right on. Mm-hmm.
0: So, okay. like, a nice...
2: Like, if you snap it, it'll go nice and straight, but if you if you ease up on it a little bit, it'll give a nice look like fade, you know, it sounds, sounds pretty mm-hmm. juicy actually.
3: Nice. Well, let's, uh, let's keep the learning train going. then we'll Le- learn a bunch of new names and now Choo-choo. we should learn some new techniques. John, take us into the coach's corner, bro.
1: All right. Um, this week, I've got a couple of drills that I want to talk about. Um, I introduced last week the uh concept of the coach's corner but to briefly do that again you know this is where you know the segment where you're going to find some drills we'll put out a practice plan um in our discord and on our social media that you can download take with you um and it's just a way to have drills that are cohesive and coherent and kind of come up with a curriculum so that you have some ideas when you go to the course you're not just or when you go to your practice field so you're not just staring at an open field wondering what to do so with that said today um is our it's it, it's just going to be about landing zones and in in approach shots essentially um, but with some different topics in there so the first segment <clears throat> which is necessary for the rest of them but it's slightly different is establishing a putting comfort zone. And this is something that I would recommend for anybody out there that is, you know, getting into disc golf or is trying to get better at disc golf, you know, you need to have a putting comfort zone. And this is something I'll tell anybody that I'm working with, you know, you want to have that spot and know when your disc lands in a given area that you are Going to make that putt 100% of the time. The better you get, ideally, the larger that comfort zone becomes. But in order to do this, we have to establish that at a practice field. So the way I like to do this is to set up stations at 10 feet, 15, 20, 25, and 30 feet. You're going to putt from each of those with 10 putters or 10 different putts from each of those stations. You're going to repeat that two to three times. That's just the warm up. That's just getting into the putting drill. That's getting yourself established and ready for the actual establishing the comfort zone. Once you're done with this, you're going to do the same drill, but you're going to essentially um, keep track of how many putts you make from each station, and it's going to allow you to calculate your comfort zone. Your comfort zone is going to be in the area in which you can make 90 to 100% of your putts. So, you know, it's where you, like I said in the beginning, very comfortable, you know that your disc landed there, you are going to make that putt. After you're done with the drill, you're going to look at your results and you're going to find out where did you make 9 or 10 putts of the 10 from that station. So if I'm taking 10 putts at 10 feet, ideally I'm making all of those. If If I'm taking 10 putts at 15 feet, ideally I'm making all of those. If I'm taking 10 putts at 20 feet, again, ideally I'm making all of those. For me, 25 feet is generally my sticking point where I will be at that 75% mark. Um, so for me, that's the extent of my comfort zone. So it would be that 20-foot mark. So I'm trying to work to make that better, okay? Um, you. So you want to establish that comfort zone. And again, this is all on the practice plan that you can refer to on our socials um, and on our Discord. But once you have that practice, or once you have that comfort zone established, um, the next drill on our plan for today is called over, under, and around. The focus of the first portion of the drill is for you to determine the appropriate disc for you given a distance. You want to find a target, um, and you are going to set up some stations at 100 and 200 feet. You want to go... throw the appropriate disc for you from each station. Some may want to throw a putter, a mid or even a fairway driver. It all depends on what is comfortable for you for that distance. So if you're hundred feet for a beginner, that might be a, a driver. You know, I don't recommend that, but that might be what you're comfortable with. Um, for a more advanced player that that's probably going to be a putter. Um, you need to have your established putting zone for this drill. Like I said, in the beginning, you're going to draw an imaginary circle. That is your comfort zone around that given target. So again, you're gonna have a target set up at 100 feet and a target set up about 200 feet. So two different stations, and you're gonna draw your imaginary circle around that. You wanna go and try to land within your comfort zone for every single shot. Once you do that, just throwing flat, you know, in an open field to your target, you're now gonna to wanna to add in obstacles. Um, my favorite obstacles to add in here are soccer goals or field goal posts. I think those are readily available to people. And I think that they act as great obstacles and visual aids for training. Um, for this drill, you want to go over, under, and around the given obstacle. That's the name of the drill. Um, so you're going to set up stations just like before. But this time, you want to go over, under, and around the given obstacle. So you're going to want if I have a soccer goal, you're going to want to throw over the goal, you're going to want to throw to the right, throw to the left, and you're going to want to throw underneath the crossbar, simulating like a low ceiling. Um, again, every single one of those shots, you're trying to land in your given comfort zone. You know, if your comfort zone is only 10 feet, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But that means that your shots are going to need to be more accurate to try to land in that comfort zone um so that's over under and around you can repeat that as many times as you want um i would recommend repeating it you know two or three times um but that's that's a great drill for working on um, any given shot landing within your comfort zone generally approach discs i I generally like to do this you know if you won't, if you're hampered for time or you really want to try to stay within that 20 to 30 minute mark um trying to do this with approach discs is probably your best option. Whether it's putters or mid ranges, whatever your approach disc is for that 100 to 200 feet. Then the last one. This is a drill that I really like, um, and it's something that as you get more advanced in your your disc golf career, you know, even if it's just your casual career, you know, you're not competing in events, but you're trying to get better. Um, this pick a side drill is great. When you're landing a disc, a lot of times you don't think of the next shot. And it's, you want to think of it like chess, not checkers. Okay. Whereas instead of mostly in checkers, I'm thinking of the current turn in chess. I need to be thinking three or four turns ahead of what I'm going to do and what my opponent's going to do. Well, in this case, your opponent is the course. So you want to try to think of what is the course going to give you on your next shot. So for instance, if I have a, a right to left wind coming at the basket from my current direction. Well, I know that I want to try, for me personally, I would prefer a tailwind putt to a headwind putt. So I'm going to try to land my disc on the right side of the basket so that when I putt, it's a tailwind putt, as opposed to landing on the left side, which would be a headwind putt in that given scenario. You know, that might be the same with out-of-bounds. You know, there might be out-of-bounds on one side of the basket, and you're trying to land away from the out-of-bounds. Um, or it could be something like a hill. This this is another part of the drill that I really like. You know, if you place a target on a hill, well, are you going to want to putt at the basket with the downslope behind the basket, otherwise known as a death putt, or do you prefer an uphill putt? Do you want to land on the hillside and try to match the angle of the hillside and try to stick there and have an uphill putt? What's your preference? What do you prefer? Um, so you you're gonna try to find some varied terrain. Um, my local practice field at our middle school has a lot of little hills and moguls, um, as well as soccer fields and football fields, which is great for doing these field work drills. But you want to just find an area that has those varied terrains. Whether it's a parking lot next to it, so that you have your out of bounds, or you want to just visualize something near it, so you want to try to land on one side of the basket. Um, but what I recommend. Is that you're going to set up a couple of stations between 100 and 150 feet that's going to give you different wind variations it's going to give you different angles at the terrain and it's going to give you different opportunities to land that shot in there now again with this you want to land everything within that comfort zone that we established at the beginning um but you want to try to have you know different wind conditions like i said in the you know a couple minutes ago you want to have the headwind variation a tailwind variation crosswind variations Uh, with a downslope, with an upslope, different things like that, just giving yourselves different looks to try to simulate those situations in a round. So again, you you need to have your comfort zone established prior to doing this. Um, But thinking about what the course is going to give you as your next shot is sometimes just as important as executing your current shot. So that was coach's corner this week. I'll throw it back to you guys and we'll move on.
3: All right. So Pat, tell us about what's going on in uh, the social media world.
2: Socials, man. So um, you can find us on, on basically all the the majors, you know, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, We got our Reddit page. I haven't done a whole lot with that yet, but I think once we get the podcast out to you guys, we're going to do a lot more Um, and YouTube. And if you, so if you go to X XSTEP on Instagram, you'll see our purple and white logo. Our link tree is on there on our profile, and that'll bring you to everything else. And we have Discord on there, too. So if you guys want to interact with us with any of those platforms, we're going to be open to questions, dialogues, whatever you want. I'm very active on it. Everybody else is certainly going to be on there, too. So if you got specific questions for us or content requests or whatever it may be, we are an open community. So bring it on and, and let us know what you want to hear about.
3: Yes, we love a good challenge and uh now last but certainly not least and finally uh greg i look forward to this segment every week because it just lifts my spirits so it's time for a step in the right direction what do you have for us pal
0: thank you sir um well one i want to give a shout out to my friend james he had his knee surgery so Mm -hmm. uh, he's significant because i want to get him on the show going forward to like follow someone that's going through injury and recovery we all wish him the best in his recovery. He'll be listening in on this. So, hey, James. Oh um, yeah, what's up? Good James? luck,
2: man. Keep it going.
0: Now, keeping it close to home, and this is just a reminder for everybody here. But I just want to give a shout out to the uh, folks that are working on the tournament that's going to be upcoming at Crandall Park in Glens Falls, New York, this
3: June. Oh yeah,
0: that's a doubles tournament, yeah. It's a doubles uh, tournament. Yeah. There's going to be an uh,
2: instructional too. Yes. nice
0: a learn to play event on June 12th in which families and groups of four to five can learn from experienced players. So maybe I'll sign up to go be an experienced player (laughs) and teach you and your kids. I don't know. Maybe we'll say hi, but I should try to get, get, I'm super excited to to see disc golf coming into a place that I would never have thought it would have been.
1: Um, The work that Jamin Hume and the other guys from disc cap, and in the local club and the local area that they've put in, I think John Hotmer was a big part of that. You know, all those guys that put in the time and, and really worked hard with the city to get that put in and got all those other local courses. Like I, there's another course going in at Murrow rec. Um, these are all local courses to where we grew up, but all those courses going in, you know hats off to those guys they 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 did a fantastic job and i'm super proud of them for the work that they're doing
2: no doubt
0: yeah so with this week's episode i just want to give a shout out to all the folks back at our homes that are doing solid with introducing our sport into the area that it really needed to be yeah it was long overdue
1: for sure have a good one guys